Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hi, I seem fun, friends. I have such a special announcement. Little bonuses to get you through the holidays. I did an eight-part series called The Holiday Survival Guide on TuneIn, which is an app at TuneIn, at T-U-N-E-I-N. And I'm so excited. I'm sorry, it's an eight-part podcast series called The Holiday Survival Guide. I interview friends of mine, super fancy people like Kim Gordon and Sonic Youth and Dr. Drew and just a lot of different people about holiday traditions and how to get through the holidays. Um, so check it out at Amazon Echo. And the TuneIn app, or go to tunein.com slash holiday survival guide. And there will be four parts being released um, over the next couple weeks. Woohoo! I see fun. I see fun. The Diary of Jeff Kirkman. I seem fun. The diary of Jen. Do you like how I, hi, that's a proper vocal use. Exhale a little bit, uh, but without making it sound like hi. I seem fun. The diary of Jen Kirkman podcast episode 213. Today's episode is sponsored by Away Luggage, the texture app and Talkspace. It's not called the texture app. It's called texture, but I, I called it the texture app. But we'll get into all that later. Oh my God, everybody. How you doing? How you doing? We're right in the middle of the holiday season for people who hate the holidays. It'll all be over in a couple of weeks. And for people who love the holidays, it'll be over in a couple of weeks. I would like to thank everybody who came to my Jen Kirkman dysfunctional Christmas show. It was my favorite one we've ever done. I cannot believe I almost wasn't going to do it this year because I was sad. But I'm not sad now, but I thought when I needed to start thinking about booking it, you know, I was like, I don't want to do it. Oh, my God. It was... It was perfect head to toe. For those of you who missed it, I'm going to tell you what you missed. I come out. I'm singing an Elvis song. I dance on the piano. My friend Chris Frangiola, great comedian. He's got a Rudolph, like, blinking red nose. He's No, he wasn't throwing candy at people. I told him I would give him a cue, and he took me very literally. I said, it'll be during when I'm singing and dancing to Elvis. I'll give you a cue. And then I forgot, and then he never did it. And I was like, Chris, what happened to the candy? He's like, I'm waiting for your cue. Funny, funny, funny. Then I asked the audience who's depressed about they're single or they have no money or the family sucks or any of these things. For any reason, is anyone not looking forward to the holidays? And everyone clapped. And I said, well, then we need a new Christmas song. And I I just wanted to play Lady Gaga's Born This Way. It's, I like two of her songs. That's one of them. So I played that and I sang along to it. Then we cued Chris Frangilla. He's dressed as Rudolph. He's throwing candy at people. I'm singing along to Born This Way. It doesn't make any sense. Um, then I do some stand-up about uh, nukes. And the difference between Catholics and Christians. I'm a Catholic, so it wasn't like I'm making fun of religion. It was the way in which we use and don't use Jesus. Uh, it's been a new part of my act I'm working on. Based on a woman on a plane praying 
for Jesus to take the wheel. And I was saying Christians have a lot more self-esteem than Catholics because they think Jesus is going to come help them with everything. And Catholics, as my mother would say, don't bother Jesus. Oh, my God. He doesn't want to hear that. So it was a whole thing. Then I brought up my friend Brian Husky, really funny um, dude. And he was in a Hallmark movie. So we showed his scene. And since he's in the comedy world and not like a Hallmark movie actor for a living, we could kind of, you know, make fun of them a little bit. Um, but I wasn't really, again, it was, I was blown away that he was in a movie and I thought his acting was great, but I wanted to address the scarf that wasn't wrapped around his neck, the jacket that was too big, his son that was outside in just a sweater at night, the cigar that my friend Brian never lit. It was, it was fun. Um, we also, why do people say thanks for the quick reply? I got to get into that in a minute. Um, also, um, then I brought up my friend Allison, dear friend from New York, known her forever. She's kind of living here a little bit now. And then she had a funny version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. We did the politically correct version, Have Yourself a Merry Little Holiday, you know, all kinds of fun. fun. She gave me a bathrobe that she's had forever that's from Madonna's world tour. Um, wasn't Madonna's actually, but it was like a gift whatever. It's a whole thing. She used to work at this company. She got me one. I put it on. So now I'm wearing the bathrobe the rest of the show. Then I bring up Sam Pancake, hilarious comedic improviser and actor. And he told this crazy, amazing story about his Southern waspy family and being gay. And some of his brothers and sisters are gay and bad Christmas gifts. And it was fantastic. And he had great photos. He's also was in a Hallmark movie. And I interviewed him and showed his segment. Then my friend, I wrote a sketch about, I don't know if we know that Roy Moore was saying that it's okay that he dated teenage girls because Mary, mother of God, was a 14 to 16-year-old and Joseph was 30. And I did the research and I knew this story anyway. But basically, like, back in that time, Mary was 14 to 16. And I and I, the sketch was about how not specific her age is. But Joseph was 30. The big difference between 14 and 16 people. Uh, I didn't even have a boob to touch at 14. So that would have been, you know, 16, you know. But the whole point is... If you're telling a story about a girl, there's a big difference between 14 and 16. Both are too young for you to date, 30-year-olds. I'm just saying it's interesting that they go, you know, 14 or 16, as though it's the same thing. Um, And then we – so, but then I read that Joseph, he wasn't a respected carpenter. Now, I don't know where this detail comes into the story of the Holy Family, but Joseph was not a good carpenter. So I wrote a sketch for my friend Chris Vangela to play Joseph, and he has a delightful New York accent. You've heard him on this show. Uh, before I on one of my They Seem Fun episodes, I interviewed my friend Chris. And I just knew he'd be funny doing it. But I did not give him a copy of the script in advance because if given something in advance, Chris will take it apart or try to punch it up. And I didn't want to hear it. So I just gave it to him on stage. And him commenting on some of my typos and the cold read of, of it all was extra delightful. But the sketch turned out to be actually funny. And he was like, you whore. I can't believe you got pregnant. You fucked an angel. It was so stupid. Um, and then he did hilarious stand-up. And then I made a sign that said Trump is over if you want it and the war is over if you want it, kind of John Lennon, so this is Christmas thing. And I just made the audience sing along and I was waving the sign. And I was too lazy to sell merch, so I gave away free books. So you never know when I'm going to be in the Christmas spirit. But the most amazing – and everyone said it was like – this is me being Trump right now. Believe me, it was the greatest Christmas show ever. Everyone said they loved it. Everybody said but it is true. Everybody said they loved it. And I loved it. And I believe it was sold out um, or very close to it. And I thank you all. And let's do it again next year. So it actually made me want to do a Christmas show like the way that Yakov Smirnoff bought a theater and just does his shows. I want to do a Christmas show like 200 days out of the year so that you can always feel like it's Christmas whenever you want. And I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Not that the, yeah, I'm thinking about it like that would be an actual thing I could do. Um but what was my point? Oh, so this guy tweets me after the show. He goes, I was on a date and we are not together anymore after your show because of the Trump is over moment. I mean, it was such a quick moment. I didn't even say anything about Trump. I just said, look it. I actually found out what the font was. That was like a big deal for me. I Googled what's the font of the war is over sign if you want it. And I found out what it was. I forget what it is. And then I put Trump is over if you want it in the same like spacing in the same font. And it looked cool. And if you guys are like, what are you talking about again? The John Lennon song, So This Is Christmas. Yes, I know he was a bad guy. The part, war is over. We sang it last week on the show. War is over if you want it was the chorus of that song. It's a very philosophical approach. 
And they, John and Yoko put a big billboard in Times Square that said, war is over if you want it. And, uh, and I can't explain to you what that means, people. You, you have to figure it out for yourself. It's a thinker. But I did uh, Trump is over if you want it. And I held up the sign and I made everyone sing along to that song for a minute. So that moment made a Trump supporter in the audience very uncomfortable. And you never know if they're in the audience or not. You know, Los Angeles, us coastal elites, they say Trump supporters don't walk among us, but they do. This guy was like, my date, he, and I was like, record scratch. Wait a minute. A gay gentleman is into Trump. Gay and Mexican, this guy was. There's a gay Mexican guy in Los Angeles who loves Trump so much that a relationship ended. Was it Ty Rivera? I don't know who that is. He's a comic who's a Trump supporter. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I see. I feel bad that I said I don't know who that is. It's just is he is he uh, how old is he? Maybe we just are different generations. Oh, he's older. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe that's it then. Maybe. I don't think it was because you know a comic can't sit through a show without yeah no, getting up on stage. He certainly wouldn't. That's very strange. And is Ty Rivera of the non-Caucasian descent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexican. Yeah, yeah. I think he lives in Arizona now, though. It's just that that contrarian energy that comedians love to give. But yeah, so this guy said it was his sixth date. I'm like, how does it not come out dates one through five? I mean, normally politics doesn't always come out, especially in a mild year where it's like, yeah, whatever. But this, I mean, this is all we talk about, Um, especially if you're one of the gays, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't mean that's all gay people. You know what I'm saying? Every day Trump is threatening to take away or the Republicans under Trump are threatening to take away something or you'd think maybe it would have come up. But maybe it did in a weird way where the other guy was like, oh, I hate them all. You know, like maybe he said something vague like, oh, I hate all politicians. And the other guy was like, oh, I don't know. You know, we're only on date five. But um, for me, it's like and, and this is probably why I don't take chances with things and I'm not interested in dating. It's like I would have to have a list like, you know, when like a the town crier rolls out his scroll. I'm like, number 998, what do you think of this bill? 999, how close are your mother? Close that you're respectful, but not too close that she's a pain in my ass. 1,000, do you like cats? I don't want one, but you must like them. I mean, there's a lot you got to get through before you be with me. So, you know, maybe other people are like, well, love is love, and we can have differences of opinion. I mean, it seems like the other guy, the non-Trump supporter, would have, and by the way, people, it's would have, not would of. You lose me, even if you're on my side, even if you're arguing for me, I don't want you on my team. It would be like if a sergeant, and I don't know how these ranks work in the military, but if I was on the front lines and my men were fighting, I would remove the one that was saying, if we were chanting, I would have this. That's what you chant when you go into war. And one of them is going, I would have. I would say, you got to get out of here. I, you're not strong enough. The least among us is not strong enough. Anyway, um, he, even it seems like the uh, non-Trump supporter would have stayed with the Trump supporter, but the Trump supporter was uncomfortable with the least confrontational thing I've ever done. Um, anyway, but there was this is a mystery solved from my Christmas show. So this guy comes up to me after. He's very friendly. And he's very, there's something familiar about him, but I don't think we've met. Or maybe we have. He's like, I've come to shows before. I don't know. There was something about this guy that I was like, why am I getting an energy that like I'm supposed to know him or something? So he wasn't giving off that energy. I just was vibing it. And uh, he won a copy of the crazy Jesus, Mary and Joseph script after. Anyway, he sent me this beautiful card and it's fuzzy. I'm touching it. It's that nice velvet feeling. And I opened it when I got home. And it said, Jen, Merry Christmas to you, and thanks for another dysfunctional show. Yeah, so he's come up before. I know the season is all about merry and bright, but I thought this was tasteful. Oh, I thought this card was tasteful and elegant. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I wish you the best. Okay. All the best, Tim. I won't say his last name. Tim. P.S. I was the mistaken Tim. Oh, at your live San Francisco show in February. Tim, who asked to meet someone at your show. Sorry, I read this card differently when I read it. I read it as I was the guy named Tim who told you, I'll be at your show in San Francisco. I would like to be set up with someone. And then that guy never showed up and he still has not shown his face. So this guy is a different Tim. He was in the audience at my San Francisco live podcast taping a year ago, January. 
and I thought he was the Tim that had written in. So Tim, the guy that came to all that seems to be coming to a lot of my shows, thank you for your support. You pay my bills. And B, I thought you meant you were the original Tim who I was looking for. Not that I'm in any way disappointed, but it's interesting how we read things wrong and then we go back and look at them. Anyway, that's what you missed. It was super fun, but don't worry. You'll get the chance to see me in Los Angeles every month at my lab test show. Unless I have to move to New York for something, which it looks like I might have to. We don't know yet. But I definitely will be here in January. Uh, JenKirkman.com. Click tour dates. Lab test. I work out new stuff, which is really just me talking off the top of my head. Um, And it's really funny. And it's fun. It's just a good vibe. And, uh, okay, so... What's my point? What's my damn point? Um, I have a bone to pick with Netflix. I rented their fireplace for the home. You know, you put it on your TV. It's an imitation of the Yule log that began in New York City. Uh, it goes for an hour. It needs to be on a what, 12 hours because then you have to keep restarting it. And I joke, guys, I have to put another log on the fire, everybody. Now, I'm making it seem like I had a big Christmas party at my house. I did not. But I had a couple friends over to work on something, and I had that on in the background. And then I made that joke to a couple people. So, great story. I know, Jen, how do I keep coming up week after week? It's amazing stories like that. Now, I just got an email from someone. And again, this is not about the person that sent it. Everybody does this. And I, I've been trying to make this a stand-up bit for years, and it, I just haven't unlocked it. So, where stand-up goes to die is this podcast, because this podcast is conversational. If it's funny, bonus. It's just supposed to be what a podcast is, something interesting to listen to. I wouldn't even say it's interesting. But when people write back, thanks for the quick reply. Okay. When I had email, you know, I don't know if you young people know this, but sit down. Grandma's going to tell you a story. Pull up the Yule log on your Netflix. It's called Home Fireplace. Oh, but man... Home fireplace. Home fries? No. Home fireplace. How quickly do I have to say? So I pull it up. Pull it up, young kids, and sit down by it. When I was but a young thing, my first email was in 1997. Now, I'm a little late to the email party on that one. My roommate in college... Tim. I lived with two guys named Tim and Eric, not the Tim and Eric. Um, we had an apartment together. Very Three's Company in reverse. I wrote about this in my first book. No, none of us ever did anything with each other sexually. It's truly platonic friendship. And I was actually very progressive, my mom looking back on it, because she uh, paid my rent during college. And then during like summers and any time I wanted to live there, I paid my own. Great story. Uh, rent back then, very cheap, people. $350 a month. Uh, split by three in a brownstone on St. Batolph Street in Boston, which, look it up, it's gorgeous. Hardwood floors, giant, giant place. Uh, rents were cheap then. Economy doing well. Bill Clinton cutting taxes. Cutting taxes on the middle class, raising it on the rich. That's what happens. Oh, God, it's so it's so interesting to look back on it now and be like, oh, yeah, he should have left office for the Monica Lewinsky thing. Like, oh, yeah, he should have. He should have. Should have, people. That's what S-H-O-U-D, S-H-O-U-L-D, apostrophe V-E means. What do you think the apostrophe V-E means? It's the, you're apostrophizing, <laughs> you're abbreviating the word have, not of. Okay, I'm going to Why would... Well, people don't even know. They think that when I say should have, they think I'm saying should of. They don't even know there's an abbreviation in there. I can't help these animals. Anyway, so, but yes, Bill Clinton did some great things for the economy. Bad things. Very naughty boy things. Now, that's demeaning. Anyway, so my point is, cheap rent. What was my point? Oh, email. My roommate Tim had AOL, and I was like, what? What? Especially the noises it made. Like dial-up, it took at least 10 minutes sometimes. And then you'd get kicked off and then you'd start again. It was an effort to log on to your email and to send one. It was like, so we didn't have Wi-Fi. We didn't have high speed. So 
it was also because of that effort it took. I was like, what is this? This is, and it's electron. I go, the government's watching us. That's literally, I just could think the government is watching it. I didn't know how true it would be. But um, I just thought it was a way for people to mind control us. A little bit of a crazy person back then. So I would not have anything to do with this email. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to call people like a normal person. And my friends and I were still into calling and all that. So then I get a job. The Boston Ballet. Boston Ballet, they made us say. Not ballet. Ballet. That's how the correct pronunciation of ballet. Jen, you need to say Boston Ballet. I'm like, all right. We had email. You had to have email. Worked in ticketing. So... I had some kind of gen at Boston Ballet. And I used, interestingly enough, I thought the government was reading our AOL and yet didn't think that maybe the powers that be at Boston Ballet or any job I had where I used the office email, that it couldn't have been read. So I made no sense. Then, so I never had my own email because I didn't have my own computer. It was like something I did at work. So if I sent you an email, then I logged off, went home, lived my life that night, got up the next morning, came to work. Oh, yeah, at noon, remember, email, I'll check that. 24 hours could go by. That's in the days of if someone wrote back to you quickly, you'd be like, wow, you had to dial up. It takes 10, 15 minutes. You, you don't even have your own computer. You just use your work email. Thank. If I get back to you within five minutes, it's like, thank you for getting back to me so quickly. These days, the computer is in our pockets, kids. You know how it is. The computer. Oh, my God. Do you see this? It's in our pockets. So if I write back really quickly, like sometimes, like I was just sitting here turning on my little laptop as Aaron was getting the setup ready. And an email came up. This guy was like, you never answered me months ago. Can you do this thing? And I was like, oh, fuck. I, I literally, I had no time then. I have really no time now. I'm like in a crunch with writing something. I'm really stressed. I work 24-7. Like, no. And he wrote, thanks for getting back to me so quickly. I'm like, we don't. It just so happened I opened the computer. It wasn't a choice I made. I wasn't sitting pouring over emails going, who should I get back to quicker? It's like, sometimes you get lucky. I'll write back within a second. Sometimes, like this guy has experienced both sides of Jen now. I took three months to get back to him before. And maybe he was referencing, thanks for getting so back to me quickly this time. But but it's not him. It, it's happened a lot. It, don't write that. There's something about it that insults me where it makes me feel like you think, I'm prioritizing you or I'm sitting here doing nothing. You don't have to thank me for getting back to you quickly because it's a numbers game, people. You should just go, wow. If you want to comment, go, I must have caught you at the right time. You're in front of your computer. That's all that. You go, thanks for getting back to me. I don't know why it bothers me. It's it's a thing. If that bothers anyone else, email me, iSeemFun at gmail.com because I, I feel like I'm going insane with how much I hate it. Like it actually angers me. Um, I might be done with the dry bar. I did my whole episode about what no soap again. I could not. I mean, I was like, you can't not have soap in a major establishment and then you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive and you're going to do something. You've got to wash fucking germs off your hands. And I'm going to read something about cold and flu season. Oh my God. What a, what a show this is going to be. Anyway. So also the TV show I wrote on marvelous Mrs. Maisel just got nominated for golden globe. It just came out a month ago. Two Golden Globes, the, the lead actress who plays Midge Maisel, and um, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, so I'm avoiding it, Rachel Braz, I always say it wrong, um, and the show got nominated for Best Comedy, so JK, writer, consultant on the show, uh, none of it getting a Golden Globe nomination has anything to do with me, but I'm part of a winning horse. That is a good fucking feeling, and to get a Golden Globe nomination just a month after it comes out. I mean, it comes out on Amazon, so it's, it's all the episodes are available. So it, it's like it's not that crazy that it was a month later, but just in time for awards this year. Because I was like, oh, damn, we won't be in time for the Emmys. And I wasn't even thinking about the Golden Globes. I forget that it's TV and and all that. So will I get to go to them? Oh, God, no. It's, it doesn't trickle down to consultant writers. It would be like the creator and the cast. But, um, but yeah. And they have asked me to come back for next time. Am I supposed to say that? I Yeah, because it was in the press last year that when they got picked up for season one, they also got picked up for season two at the same time. So that's been out there, people. Um, I don't know if I can go back because of my own life and my own things, and I don't have the answers yet. So if they're willing to take a chance on someone who might quit right in the middle because her own show gets picked up, then sure. <laughs> um, 
Yes. So right now I'm in the middle. I am actually, I cannot believe this. I think I said this. I got, any of you who've been following along in my script writing process with the ABC network, I was sent to script, as they call it, last week, where we finally landed on the story we want to go with. 15 million outlines uh, later, they said, okay, begin writing the script. Then you have to, the producers have to give notes. Then the studio. Then the network, which is separate than the studio. Then you do a second draft. You are paid your fee, $14 million. Just kidding. Is, um includes two drafts. So uh, that all of that, like draft to a producer, to a studio, to a network, and then a second draft, that's all not going to happen by the time we leave for the holiday, which is December 21st or 22nd, the last Friday before Christmas. So I will be working over Christmas on it. And... You know I'm doing my solo Christmas in New York. Now, I say solo, meaning it's not with family. It's not with a relationship. But I have plans every day and every night. Weirdly, some real, a couple really good friends of mine who live in L.A. are going to be in New York that week, too, doing the same thing, like separate of me. And then I have really good friends that live in New York. And then I'm also – like, it's going to be so fun. Um, but I'll also be working. And so literally – I am going to be a busy businesswoman in New York City who is working over Christmas at a job that has nothing to do with Christmas. And I make fun of it all the time in Hallmark movies, and it came fucking true for me. And I will be staying very close to an ice skating rink. So you know what? Maybe I was too hard on those Hallmark movies. I'm a busy businesswoman. I'm be there with my laptop drinking my hot cocoa. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um, And... Oh, my God. I'm so excited to stand outside Saks Fifth Avenue because they do that crazy light show. Like from top to bottom, the entire building, which is a block long, is all those dancing lights. And not the shitty ones you have on your fucking – I mean, the whole building is covered in lights. It looks like you could just run your hands up it and just only feel lights. The way that you know when vines grow on the side of a building and the whole building is just a vine, it's like that. It's like – you can go on YouTube and look up Saks Fifth Avenue Christmas lights. And it's those – the Maxford man or whatever, the those people that aggressively sing Christmas carols where it's just like very orchestrative and it sounds like if it were 4th of July, that's a perfect music to go with for fireworks. It's like... And it's... I literally stand there sobbing because the music goes through me. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I will be standing there sobbing like a lunatic. I'm going to look it up. Right now. It's a Mannheim steamroller? Mannheim steamroller. Yeah. That's exactly it. Um, now, this is the Saks Fifth Avenue thing. Oh, they have the same lights this year, but different music. No, I don't want that song. Last year's song was way better. Hang on one second. I hope it's not fa-la-la. I hate that one. Oh, shoot. We have to watch an ad. Hang on, guys. Can I play Manfred Steamroller on this podcast? It's a, it's standing outside Saks Fifth Avenue. Okay, here it goes. Hang on. It's breathtaking. And the lights are going with it. And it's down the road from Trump Tower. So it's very like New York City, mean man. Christmas is going on down the street. You can't stop us in Whoville. I was literally bawling my eyes out on the street last year. I will be doing it again. Come find me if you see a busy businesswoman sobbing. I'm happy. I'm just moved. I'm just moved, people. Oh, God, is this podcast? I can't believe anyone listens, and I love you for it. Okay, so what I was going to talk about. See, I'm Mrs. Maisel. That's exciting. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. I loved working on it. You know, a lot of times you just work on things and you're trying to keep it on the down low, and you're like, (laughs) I really, really loved the show, and I learned a lot about everything. Um, Everybody, 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 go to I Seem Fun Podcast. Um, on Twitter, Twitter at I Seem Fun Podcast. Um, that might not even be the address. Yep, it is. And then Facebook.com slash I Seem Fun Podcast. Um, all back episodes exist on SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes. I don't care if you don't listen through iTunes. Just subscribe. Go to iTunes. Give it a five-star review. 
And in the review this week, write the words, I'm crying, but I'm not sad. I'm just moved. Just put that. That's your review. It's a fun thing. I don't know if you kids know they do that all the time now. The hot thing to do on reviews is to not give a real one, but write something that's a private joke within the show. And then people read it. I'm like, what does that mean? And it's fun. Um, Bobble Bar, you've only got two more weeks. Again, don't make me say it. I This is not merchandise that I have with me. There is no inventory. It is like any of the advertisers on this podcast, like Casper Mattress. You don't go bring me one. It's like, no, we we send it when you when you order it. Um, Bobble Bar, B-A-U-B-L-E bar.com. And then search my name, Jen Kirkman. The Jen Kirkman collection will come up. I've got fun necklaces that say all kinds of things that make great gifts. Cat lady, single, over 40, taken, goals, boss, feminist AF, child free. Come on. You know women in your life that are all of these things. I love me, one of them says. That is the cutest one. It's a little bar necklace if you don't like the ones that have words on them. So um, I would check it out because there's two weeks left. It ends December 31st. And if you buy them right now, then you uh, will probably make the shipping just in time for Christmas. And you know what? If you buy them later, I always do this. If things, if I order things too late, I print out a picture of what it is and I wrap it up. And I'm like, and the real thing will be arriving soon. So don't give me any excuses like, I missed it. I It's December 24th. I can't buy that. Yes, you can. You print out a picture of what you bought. You wrap that up. Um, so go to my website, jenkirkman.com, J-E-N-K-I-R-K-M-A-N.com. And on the homepage is the entire bobble bar shebang. Uh, you know, raise my sales profile in December so that they don't think I'm a big loser when I get my final tallies in January. All right. The I don't give a fuck tour so far is just Buffalo, New York, New York City, and um, uh, Vermont is announced today, but uh, it is only on sale to my email subscribers right now. So see, guys, see, it pays to join the email list, pays to join. If you join right now before Wednesday at 9 a.m., you'll get on jenkirkman.com, click about, and then on Friday, it's open to the general public, but, you know, it's a small room, so you take your chances. Um, it won't sell out this far in advance, but anyway. And then I don't know what the rest of the tour looks like because I don't know what my year looks like. I know the cities I've picked that we are researching. That is not up for grabs, but I just don't know when I can announce anything or when I can be sure of anything. How does that sound? All right. Um, I had a point that I was looking at this for a reason. Oh, so you guys weighed in last week. I was like, should I air the episode where I talk about the Hallmark movie. Now, here's where it's difficult. It's not like Mystery Science Theater 3000 where it's funny because I'm watching it for the first time. So I'm kind of telling you what's going on. And then if I have time making a quick funny comment in quotes funny. So it's really you're watching someone watch television going, okay, so this guy's saying this. It's like, I really don't think it turned out the way we all thought it would. I realized I have to watch when I've seen before so that I can talk over it and so you don't hear the movie in the background by the way i mean you might a little bit but you don't you can't even follow along by listening to the actors you're i i have to tell you what's happening so i should have done it with one i'm really familiar with i didn't it was an experiment i'm i'm definitely going to release it um christmas day this podcast doesn't have any advertising so i thought maybe that would be a good day to release it but it's also like I don't think it's good enough to be a full episode, like a real episode. So I was going to do it as a bonus, but I'm so fucking busy Then I would still have to record a Christmas episode. So I think it's going to be the Christmas episode. And you know what? If anyone has a problem with it, fuck off. That's that, Merry Christmas, everybody. Fuck off. Um, I've given you episodes every week this year, plus some bonus. You know, what, what else do you want me to do? Um, so... But this is the one, if you want to go to your Hallmark channel, and check both channels, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, and then regular Hallmark. Um, it's called Christmas in the Air. Lydia, a successful professional organizer, is constantly trying to grow her business. But even her ambition takes a backseat to love when she meets Robert, a frazzled widower with two young children. A toy inventor, Robert is asked to present his new Christmas toy line to a superstore. His challenge is he only has 12 days to get his life and his business in order. Talk about a Christmas rush. Lydia shows Robert that this task goes way deeper than messy junk drawers and encompasses every aspect of his life. While she's intent on helping him straighten out details he had long ignored, Robert teaches the buttoned-up Lydia that messiness can be part of a delightful life. Can be a delightful part of life. So... 
Go to your TV now, your DVR, tape it, as we say from the 80s, tape it. I'm sure it'll be rerunning sometime between now and Christmas. Find it, record it, and then you can watch along if you want when I'm narrating, and it won't make it as hellish um, when you get to see what I'm talking about. I think actually that might make it fun. So if it doesn't work out, it's because you didn't do it right. See? Blaming you. Okay, so I'm going to keep on reading emails about your favorite things and your Christmassy things and your hoo-ha and your ding-dong. Um, Aaron, give me a wave in the air when we are at 30 minutes. Oh, we're at 30 minutes. All right, listen. I'm going to read an article that everyone is worried that everyone else's social lives are more exciting, um, which is such a thing. I always say to my people... Um, one thing you can do for yourself on New Year's Eve or Christmas Day or whatever day that makes you feel bad that you're whatever. You never had the kids you wanted. You're not married or you are married, but you hate it or you're single or you whatever. Do not go on Instagram that day. That is the day that everyone puts their outsides out for you to see. They don't put their insides out. So that's the day that you can compare and despair. Don't do it. Now, how did I get so brilliant? Because I go to therapy. I go to therapy and I know it's not available to everybody. That's why the one good thing about Well, that's not the one good thing about the internet, but one of the amazing things about the internet that Jen Kirkman years ago, when she was sitting there thinking AOL was reading our minds, she couldn't have predicted how amazing the internet could be for things. And that's why I love our biggest sponsor, Talkspace, Talkspace.com slash Jen for more details. You can read along as I'm talking, but it is the online therapy company. Our mental health is no exception when we say we need to take care of ourselves. Uh, Talkspace, the online therapy company, they make it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for just $32 a week or as little as $32 a week. You can send your therapist text, audio, and video messages or even do a live video chat. Again, it's totally private. Nobody's selling your information. Each therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. These are the real deal people. So to match with your perfect therapist, Talkspace.com slash Jen, J-E-N. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code Jen to get $30 off of your first month and show your support for this podcast. That's Jen and Talkspace.com slash Jen. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. And I'm serious. Check it out because it is way cheaper than if you go to therapy, even therapy covered by insurance, I don't think can get as inexpensive as this. Now, that's a bold statement, but... If you want the privacy, if you don't have time to get through to a therapist's office, if you don't like a therapist in your area, if you don't have insurance, Talkspace is literally there for you. So check it out. Go to the website. Now, I will be traveling. I will be going to New York, as I said, and I will be taking, I have all five um, of the, or I think there is four. Jen, maybe you should get that. I have the complete set of the Away Luggage suitcases. Away Luggage is also a sponsor of the I Seem Fun podcast. And I know this is sounds like I'm just saying this. I'm only, I am saying it because they're a sponsor, but it is true. When I'm at the airport, people comment on the luggage all the time. And uh, I use the um, carry-on, which has a phone charger in it. I've had to charge my suitcase once over the past few months. It holds... It can recharge your phone five times before you have to recharge that battery. It's a big honking battery that no, I, I'm, I have big memory. It's not big or honking. It fits glamorously. You don't even know it's there. And then it just I just sit there at the airport with everyone trying to find those little spaces to plug their phones in. I just sit there. I put the USB right in my suitcase. I plug my phone in, plug my iPad in, and... Uh, I just sit there and people stare at me. I'm like, yeah, bitch, it's the future. Um, I have had people come up to me and go, that is the best luggage ever. I've even had people say it not to do with the phone charger part. I've gotten out of a car. It was, I swear to God, it was in front of the Ludlow Hotel in New York. I got out and it's kind of space age looking, kind of cool looking. And I got the, the gray slate color. And this guy was like, oh, that is beautiful luggage. And I was like, thank you, sir. And then someone else was like, I know what luggage that is. I love- People are talking about it. I'm just saying. So away luggage, here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. It is first class luggage at a coach price. And I'm serious. I have bought, I have avoided buying luggage sets in my life because I'm like, that's a little too expensive. And I've had like one from here, one from there. I bought the whole set. Um, go to awaytravel.com slash Jen and use promo code Jen. 
during checkout. And that will give you $20 off of a suitcase and already a very inexpensive suitcase. If you're in town, go to the Away store, like brick and mortar, an actual store in New York City. So both sizes of the carry-on suitcases are available and are able to charge all cell phones, tablets, and e-readers or anything else powered by a USB cord. There is a lifetime warranty on these suitcases. If anything breaks, they will fix it or replace it for life. 100-day trial. Live with it. Travel with it. See how you vibe with it. Instagram it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund. No questions asked. I would ask a question. What's wrong with you? It's the best luggage ever. Free shipping on any away order within the lower 48 states. Carry-on sizes. Trust me, guys. They are compliant with all U.S. airlines. And you can put so much in there. I put three different show outfits in there, hair and makeup stuff, podcast stuff. I had like my little eye rig. I had merchandise stuff. Like it holds a lot. It has the compression stuff inside and it's very light. Like no matter how much you jam in there, the suitcase doesn't feel heavy. And I am not just saying this. Um, They have removable washable laundry bags inside for 360 degree spinner wheels high quality materials. They offer a much lower price compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. Nine colors, four sizes, all suitcases made with premium German polycarbonate, patent pending compression, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. Again, awaytravel.com slash Jen to get $20 off a suitcase. Use promo code Jen during checkout. Awaytravel.com slash Jen. Be like me. Have away luggage. And again, you could be like, well, I don't travel as much as you, Jen. Well, I see you ding-dongs in the airport, those of you who don't travel a lot, and you're like, oh, is this, is this the regulation size? What? I get, woo Get awesome luggage for the one time a year you travel so that you'll feel good during that one time. And since you're not used to traveling, you know you're going to forget you know, to bring something to charge something with, so you, you can plug it right into your suitcase. You've got no excuse. Whether you travel a lot or you don't, away luggage is the luggage for you when you use luggage. And lastly... I love texture. I'm obsessed. I'm using it all the time. I'm serious. I Again, I travel. I don't want to bring 50 magazines with me. Um, the other night I was laying in bed and I was like, oh, I have so many magazines on my texture app to read. And then I looked and it was like recommended articles for you. I was like, whoa, they really know me. I do want to read these articles and I can save them. And I can bookmark them. I can have access to over 200 magazines literally in one app. So if you're like, what are you talking about? I'm going to tell you. The Texture app gives you unlimited access to over 200 premium magazines. They have uh, leading titles like Time, The Atlantic, The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, and Wired. And right now, you can try Texture for free. Go to texture.com, T-E-X-T-U-R-E.com slash fun. Um, My podcast listeners will get Texture after the free trial for just $9.99 a month. That's over 30% off the listed price for most of these magazines. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not going to walk around buying $30 worth of magazines every time I travel. And uh, I've canceled a lot of my paper subscriptions because they're starting to pile up. And come on, let's be environmentally friendly, people. Winter is coming. If you want to host friends, you want to impress, you want to get Bon Appetit, a real simple magazine, you can do it right now by joining Texture. If you want to avoid your family and you're like, you know what? I'm going to read The Atlantic and Time, even Us Weekly or Vogue. You can do it. You've walked by a newsstand. You've seen a beautiful magazine cover that makes you want to stop and peek inside. You read a cover headline that makes you want to know more. But you're like, I'm not going to stop and read the magazine for free and then put it back. You can do it with texture. They're all at your fingertips. I read. I secretly read my Us Weekly that way. I'm just because I'm not going to buy it and walk around with it. I mean, you can do money and people and consumer reports and shape and cosmopolitan and the Oprah magazine and women's health and men's health and uh, Bloomberg and Business Week and Better Homes and Gardens and Rolling Stone and Fortune and Newsweek. It's like GQ, Esquire, everything that you would actually read. This isn't like Ding Dong Doo magazine. It's like real magazines. So again, go to texture.com slash. Did I say fun or Jen? Oh, Jesus. I think I'm going to say, let me start over. It's texture.com slash fun. T-E-X-T-U-R-E.com slash fun. Podcast listeners, you will get Texture for only $9.99 a month after your free trial. Texture.com slash fun. Great. All right. Here we are, everybody. Back on the podcast. Back on the podcast. Back on the podcast. Mm. Mm. Okay. So 
Gmail. Let's see what some of you are saying here about where people are still weighing in if Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Uh, people email me about. Okay, here's something. One, have you ever been offered to host Saturday Night Live? Two, would you be interested in that? You're an incredible comic and artist. Thank you for working so hard and making so much content. P.S. I bought a necklace and it's dope as fuck. Thank you. Now, I hope that the listeners don't think I sound. I want you guys to really listen to me. In every business, there are levels. I am not at the level and I'm not putting myself down. I'm literally, it's a business thing. And and people were talking about this when they said, someone wrote an unfortunate headline that said, Seth Meyers is the perfect feminist to host the Golden Globes. It's like, maybe not now is the time to say, I'm sure he's a great feminist as a man, great ally. But I think in this day and age where, you know, women are like, everyone's abusing us in Hollywood. Like, maybe if you want to talk about a feminist host, like, then make it a woman one. It's not the people that hired him that said that. I think it was just like someone's angle, whatever. And so all these people, when I was like, you know, maybe a woman should host it, all these people are like, you should. And I'm like, okay, let me let me break it down. I am very successful in my field. I'm not rich. I always confuse rich and success. But I know a couple of people who are very wealthy. They were producers on Chelsea lately. And I don't consider them successful because they didn't really go on to do much else. But they knew how to play a certain game and they got lucky with a couple of deals they had going on. They're very wealthy. I'm very successful, but I'm not a millionaire. In my own weird head, successful means in the millions. Um, But I'm very successful. I am a touring comic. I have my own thing. Uh, People come to see me. Something like uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel with the genius Amy Sherman and Dan Sherman. uh, Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Palladino. They can Skype me and I can get the job without too much, uh, you know, pushing here's 10 scripts and then I did this and I'm dancing for you and I'm auditioning like they knew my work I'm an established writer I've sold my own script to ABC uh that would be for me to star in and they didn't guffaw at the very thought when I went in the room uh there's a level of success there but it's not host SNL level now my friend Kumail Nanjiani hosted it but he is one of the stars of a major television show on HBO called uh oh my god Silicon Valley. And he just released a movie that he wrote and had, you know, every hand in uh, starring him in Judd Apatow. That is a level of success I don't have. I'm not saying, oh, my God, I suck or I should have it and he shouldn't. I'm literally it's just a statement. It's like saying I live in a condo. Someone else lives in a mansion. Like, I'm not putting myself down. I want to live in a condo. Like, would I like to be in a movie that I wrote that Judd Apatow produced? Sure. But I didn't ever try, nor did I write one. So I'm not upset about that. Um, Would I like to get cast on a major TV show? Like, yeah, I'm not actively going for it. Like, for example, if I took the writing job at Mrs. Maisel this year, like I'm taking myself out of the running for what they call pilot season in LA, which is like February through May, and you go and audition for things. But it's been proven that people out of the blue give me money to write. It's been proven I'm that in where the love is seems to be with writing. Do I love seeing myself as an actor and would I love to be on a show? Like I think it would be fun. The downtime on shows is like so unfun that it's, it makes me not chase it because I've been, I've acted enough on stuff to know like, God, you're really going to love what you're doing when you're on screen to put up with how boring it is off screen and you're off screen more than you're not. So, you know, for your hour of fun that day, you're off camera, not acting for like 12 hours. And it's, it's really boring. So, uh, I guess, you know, when I look back over my life, I go, well, if I really loved some, I remember my friend Tammy and I interviewed her on this podcast. She quit comedy because she's like, I don't love this. I don't love it enough to make the sacrifices. So I guess I don't love acting enough to have gone all in for what it takes to get stuff. And so I went more the writer route. And then I'm a stand up who definitely wants to be on TV and be a personality but I feel as though if I get a starring role in something, it'll be something I write for myself or someone will go, hey, this is based on you. Uh, kind of the way Zach Galifianakis with The Hangover. So, yes, there, if someone – the reason I haven't hosted SNL is not because someone offered and I said no. That's not a thing unless you're Howard Stern. Howard Stern is the only person who says no over and over because he's like, you know where I am. You know, I don't do that stuff. And, and he wouldn't be good at it. He's not a sketch actor. Now – I 
I'm not over. The only reason I would want to host SNL is two reasons. The opening monologue where you get to do stand up. And everyone thinks you're brilliant and everyone writes good things about you the next day. The sketch parts doesn't interest me. Um, I don't think I'm the world's most amazing sketch actress and I don't do characters. Not that the host ever has to. But and then you you actually like sit in on the show for a week and work with everyone. Uh, A couple things come to mind. How high up are the offices at 30 Rock? I don't like heights. I'd have to take Klonopin the whole time. B, I don't want to be bad in the sketches because then I'll get killed online. So sometimes you can be happy in the bubble of the not, not that level of success because you're like, you know what? No harm, no foul. No, no try, no cry. Like, at least I'm not getting the hate that's possible when you're elevated again to that level. They've never asked me to host because I am a very successful working comic and TV writer. That is not something that makes networks money. People, I am not a household name. And then you're like, well, maybe Kamal isn't a household name the way James Franco is, for example. But he has, he's enough of a name and enough of an established, like, well, he's on a TV show. He's on a this. It's, and he's a very funny stand-up. So it's like, I don't have the other things. I'm not putting myself down or like, boo-hoo. The, just, that's just not where my career went so far. So they don't, it's a numbers. It's, it's like um, they either want people to tune in big or they don't want to drop off. And I would be a potential drop off because literally no one knows who I am. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Tiffany Haddish is very interesting. Years ago, I met her when she was struggling stand up. She's like, I'm just getting started. She's just a star that just shot. A, she's a special. I'm not that kind of. Um, it's, it's just some people are just they're just going to be stars going to happen right now. And she got cast in that movie. And there's like awards talk about her like. That's who hosts SNL, you know. Um, I know you see a lot of comedians on there, and maybe to you, I'm a household name or commodity, but you're not. There's actually a right and a wrong, and you are not right. I, I appreciate that I'm your favorite and you love me. And of course, I'm more successful than your neighbor, Betty, because I have two Netflix specials, but Netflix specials don't count as working in TV. As you see, they gave 52 away last year. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm... No, I've never been offered it. I'm not there yet. And I'm not, again, this is just, I'm giving facts. I'm not giving feelings. I'm not like, I'm not there yet. I don't want to get any, you'll be there someday. I don't, I'm not thinking about it. I'm only thinking about it from the egotistical, like, oh yeah, it would look like I've really arrived. But like, I literally don't care. Um, So, and I wanted to explain that. And so when people are like, you should host instead of Seth Meyers, I'm like, Host the Golden Globes, a person who legit, he has his own talk show. He's a tastemaker. He's a cultural representative. He was on SNL for years, a mainstream comedy show. And then he has his own late night show. Like, he's a host. Like, I don't, I would be great at it. So would a billion people, I'm sure. But they go with someone who, again, either gets big numbers or they can be guaranteed no one's turning the TV off. Um, I know you're like, oh, but once you started to be so good and everyone loved it. No, I'm not putting myself down. I'm saying it's a business deal, people. They go, oh, my God, Seth Meyers has made $40 million in advertising on his show. That's who we want. Like, some of the advertisers and sponsors will come over. It's it's a business, you guys. It's show business, not show Jen is funny. It's show motherfucking business. Just like on this podcast, people used to say, do you want ads? I'd go, Yes, but I don't have enough listeners. Or I'd say no or whatever I'd say. But now it's like I have enough listeners, so I get ads. And then I get to pick what ads I want, and I only advertise things that I believe in or that I've used. Because it's a business, right? So it's a business, everybody. So I'm not at that level yet. And ways that you can know if someone's at that level is, are they a main character on a hit show? (laughs) Do they host their own show? Um, Or are they starring in a show? Or are they a movie star? I am not those things, not in a bad way, just the literal facts. I'm not blonde. I'm not eight feet tall. Other things about me that aren't bad or good, just not. I'm not Chinese. I'm not um, 
I'm not a wall. I'm a person. Like, there's just facts out there. If I went up to you and I went, hey, I'm not an eight-foot-tall Chinese man, you wouldn't be like, I'm so sorry, but you could be. It's like, no, 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 I'm not upset. I'm just telling you what I'm not. And right now, I'm not a movie or television star. Now, let's say that the Mighty Quinn, my ABC pilot, gets made into a pilot. Then let's say it gets picked up to be a TV show. And then let's say I'm the star of my own TV show that I created for at least a season. That's when I would start having my agents dig around and can she host SNL? Um, And it's not like, oh, you should tell your agents to dig around now. Maybe, maybe. No, 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 guys. The agents don't embarrass themselves bringing a client that literally has nothing financially to offer the network. So it's a business and thank God in a way, because if you just had anybody, now SNL would be great if they could just have like funny people that don't necessarily have a thing going on hosts, like you'd still laugh. This is not how it works, unfortunately, folks, folksies. Um, Okay. Ingrid says, please release the Hallmark movie episode. It's what people want. It's what the people want. She speaks for the people. I'd never watched these movies before, and now it's all I'm doing and dragging along every friend and family member I come across. It sounds like she's going to them in the theater, which would be, imagine if they're in the theater. Oh my God, by the way, I bought tickets to the um, Christmas Eve screening of It's a Wonderful Life in New York City. I was like, oh, I'm not going to go this year because it'll make me sad because, no, that's my, my, my favorite movie. And then I knew my ex just because I brought him last year. I'm going. I'm going with an old friend. And then also my old friend can't go if he's like, fuck this last minute. I'll go alone. Like, I literally don't care. It is, I'm realizing, not just one of my favorite Christmas movies, one of my favorite movies. Okay, great. Um, it's the best. And hearing you talk about Hallmark is one of my favorite things. Thanks for all the entertainment. And I can't wait to see you in New York City in the new year. Now, if you guys want an extra dose of JK, I will be at Rhett Miller's sixth annual Christmas show at the City Winery, one of my favorite venues and great wine um, in New York City. December 23rd. Now, it's cutting it close to the holidays. You might not be in the city then. But let's say you are. Or you're Jewish. You don't do Christmas. Or you don't do Christmas. Come to the show. Uh, I know it's myself. Janine Garofalo's on it. Rhett Miller, who's an amazing musician from the band Old 97s. He's also does solo stuff. So he'll be doing some music. Um, I'm doing a little bit of stand-up and then doing a sketch with him and Janine. And there'll be tons of other things. Every year, it's always so fun. Um, You'll get plenty of JK on stage. It's just not my own show. But I would add that to your holiday festivities. Um, uh, oh, Jack wrote back again, the guy that was mad about the gayness. You made the assumption that all of your listeners would understand there's some sort of implied sarcasm. Jack, I'm not going to go into this again. Like, I didn't say any, I said that I stand by that comedy bit that I did. I'm sorry. I stand by it, and I'm 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 sorry you're so upset with me. Maybe you shouldn't listen to the podcast anymore. Um, okay. Uh, okay. All right, great. Uh, tour is over if you want it. Oh my god, that's so funny. She said. I thought you might like to see someone that has made a shirt for you. P.S. I didn't want to at you on Instagram because I don't really know this person. I had to scroll back. Wait, did this person really make that for me? Because it's a really cool shirt that says tour is over if you want it. And it's like a guy with tattooed arms. Did Is that someone that really made it for me? Because they would have added me. Or did I just say something that someone else thought of? Which I'm sure I did. Okay. Um... Everyone says, please do the Hallmark thing. I've had a hard year and I was mostly good. And all I've wanted is to hear you watch a Hallmark movie. I don't care how boring you think it is. I've waited all year. Please release it. <laughs> this is big. Someone else, please do it. I love I've I've had a hard year and I've been mostly good. Like like I'm Santa. I just got an email like I'm Santa. I love it. Um I'm sorry about this guy, Jack, whose whole email I won't read. I literally understand everything you're saying, but you're just harping on something. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to use the word harping. That's a bad word. But um, it's a comedy podcast. What can I say? And it's also serious. But uh, the implied thing was, I'm just not going to get into it. I'm so sorry. I, I just, I would just not listen. It sounds like some people just... The thing is, you're, the things you're educating me about, I already know. 
and I get it, and thank you for educating me, but it's a choice I made, and I stick by it. Um, Okay, so somebody wrote Christmas, whatever, who cares? Okay. Okay, this guy said, I too hate any pop or duo throwback Christmas McCartney or Mariah. I especially despise that Trans-Siberian Orchestra or whatever. Is that the thing we just played? No. Oh, it's not? Oh, okay. That rock music instrumental Christmas song garbage that's always in the car commercials and part of fireworks or house lighting shows. Oh, somebody got mad at me, by the way. This whole email's too long. Because I said, nobody can argue with me that those outdoor holiday lights that you project onto your house aren't like the sign of America's taste being horrible. Uh, I forget what it is. You project them on your house. Holiday lights. It's a projected on house. They're they're just not well done yet. Like the technology isn't there. It's called. um, Oh, there's like 20 different kinds. You know what I'm saying? Some of them just look terrible. The ones that are on TV, it's just like these terrible circles that are going around and around. And I'm like, okay, it's so bad. Um, And somebody wrote. Both my knees are fucked up from jumping for my life from a fire. And I can only stand for 10 minutes at a time without it hurting. So I have to put those projected lights on my house because I can't go hang lights. Are you going to tell me, should I go take them down? I'm like, could everyone stop being outraged about everything? I'm sorry that that happened. It sounds awful. Um, If you want my shitty person answer, if you have the money, hire someone to hang lights. If you don't, how about a tasteful wreath that you can hang up? I think those lights are ugly. I don't care what the reason you need to do them instead of other lights is. Or put those little candles in your windows. They cost about the same. And you can put one up a day with the 10 minutes that you can stand. Look, I'm sorry. All right, I'm going to go. Are we at 60? Okay. Let me just read this quick article as we start to head into the holidays. Uh, It was on a website called thecut.com. Um, it's taken from a real research. Okay. Recently I was talking to some friends about Instagram stories. One said that she thought their purpose was to make people left out. And the other one agreed. The type of story she saw most often in her feed was something I'll call the social gathering sweep, a pan of one's lively, blurry party surroundings done too quickly to make out any detail, but slow enough that you can see that there are other people out there having fun while you're at home alone watching Instagram stories. That's why I, I do tour dates on mine. Just tour, a tour diary. I'm by myself and I'm telling you, I didn't sell out tonight. And people get mad at that. They're like, don't make me feel bad. So I would argue people want to see bullshit. Anyway, I knew what my friends were referring to immediately. And not only because I've seen these videos, I've also made them. I've been at parties with nothing particularly notable to see. And still I thought I should document this. The subtext being, so people know I have a life. I don't enjoy watching these brief and badly composed party videos, and I can't imagine anyone else does either. Their only purpose is to reassure ourselves and the people who follow us that we have places to go and people to see. As it happens, this is probably something many of us feel insecure about. A new study led by Cornell University researcher Sebastian Derry claims that most people believe that other people have richer and more active social lives than they themselves do. This finding contrasts with the general principle by which people are quick to self-flattery by which people are quick to self-flattery. Studies show we typically rate ourselves as smarter, happier, healthier, more moral, and safer drivers than our counterparts. And yet, when it comes to our social lives, we're more likely to believe the grass is having way more fun on the other side. Derry and his colleagues hypothesized that part of the reason people rate their social lives so negatively is because we measure ourselves not against a representative sample, but against those examples most easily called to mind. Imagine the most glamorous Instagram social gathering sweep you've ever seen, then wonder why it only took you five seconds to recall it. Furthermore, the researchers suggest that hanging out in groups forces most individuals to more closely examine and imagine the interior lives of other people than you would typically do alone. And generally speaking, we assume those... Can I read? And generally speaking, we assume those other people are all having a blast. As expected, the researchers found that subjects rated their social lives as inferior to those of their friends, family, and acquaintances, and they're not happy about it either. A significant portion of the respondents said they wished their social lives were as healthy and active as their peers. Then again, if almost everybody thinks almost everybody else has a better social life than they do, somebody has to be wrong. People, if you're doing that, 
Stop doing that to yourself. Let me put it this way. If you never leave the house, then yeah, I would say odds are someone out there has a bit of social life than you. But it's always in the middle. Either someone has a better social life than you, but you probably still have a better social life than others. And don't worry that even if someone might have a better social life than you, it doesn't mean they are happy while socializing. So you can always talk yourself down off the ledge by saying that kind of stuff to yourself, which is, I am just comparing my insides with other people's outsides. All right, folks, until next week, have fun.